Hey y'all, how you doing? Thanks for checking out Talk Brown Now. This episode is titled Rich White Trash. And it is a bit of an abrasive title, I admit. Though, I'm gonna let the content speak for itself. It's a sensitive topic for some, and a difficult topic for us all. So without any further ado, let's begin. Hey, yo, what up, y'all? We're back for another episode of Talk Brown Now, and this time we actually got special guests from back in the day, my brother Garrett. Uh, we actually used to work together. We, uh, we met on a landscaping crew that had a variety of adventures. And we're going to kind of jump back on into that. But Garrett, actually, would you be kind enough to let us know about how it is that you came upon our, our collaborative experience? So this landscape business is, uh, was based in uh, Minnetonka and the Wyzetta area little bit out into Orono and Maple Plain and the nether regions of the western metro, but for the most part in the ritzy areas of Minnetonka, Wyzetta. And I got started because the owner was a neighbor of a family friend, and I was there maybe a year and a half or two years before you started. All right. I believe. I think so. Yeah. You were actually the first brown person that worked there. To be straightforward. Now, was I the first brown person to work there consistently, or was I the first non, or was I the first brown person to to actually just even first, work a day? Uh, you were the first brown person to work there while I was there. Okay, but then you had had other experiences because the owner the owner had a definite bias, and oh yeah. <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> and uh, uh, tell me a little bit t- tell, tell me a little bit about that well I think that not in his defense or anything but I do believe that um, part of it comes from the clientele and part of it is the perspective of where he was raised um, entirely so the clientele did not necessarily like people of color and hold up and I, when you say yep. when you say that the clientele definitely did not appreciate people of color what how can you say that so definitively because i've heard clients say that i don't want those brown kids or that black kid working on my property <laughs> not so. much wiggle room for interpretation on that is there no there's not that's pretty much <laughs> So, basically, a lot of the clientele, and it's an old boys club in Wyzetta, so everybody knows each other, everybody knows each other's business, and 90% of our business is word of mouth. So, you get passed on and say, hey, they did a really good job, you should use them when you're at the bar with the guys, yada, yada, yada. And there's no brown or black people that work for them, so you're all good there. Right, and it's all... um, mostly middle-aged to older white men because that's the people that can afford that lifestyle and that's the people that can afford landscaping services as we provided there. Some of these clients, we were there every single day for an hour to two hours. 
So if you're paying $35,000 a year for landscaping, you know. Jeez. Yeah, it's a little bit ridiculous. But if they say no brown people, then the boss is going to be like, no brown people, because that's a lot of money to lose out on. And from a financial standpoint, I understand that. But from a moralistic standpoint, that's fucked. So. <laughs> and, 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 and did you... Did you see firsthand any? I mean, when we're saying, you know, I mean, we're we're kind of maybe giving a little benefit of the doubt here, but to say that this was influenced by the client, and and then how much do we want to say was? Because because oh, I mean, the the boss was definitely racist. I mean, I have heard him say like. Uh, What's the right word for it? Um, N-word rigged when you're doing something janky. Oh, good lord! Yeah, was that was that common parlance from him in your experience? I mean, yeah. Gee whiz! I mean, because it is one of those things where I never did. I I never heard any type of such words used. Um, well, because he was watching around you, but when it's only <laughs> white people, there's different. For real, for real. And did you see any of the other employees follow up on that? Like, like continue, perpetuate, or dare we say even encourage such language? Um, for the most part, I would say no. There was prob- there was maybe one or two guys over the years, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you got to also remember with employee turnover, I probably went through 80 employees as a foreman in the seven years I was there. For so. real. For real, right? Yo, because, I mean, he was definitely kind of pulling work from wherever he could find because, I mean, this was basically just an elevated high school job for him. Right. Well, and I mean, the one person that was definitely on the same boat as that was the, uh, we'll just call him S. For real? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, and that's the deal, too. I mean, because it, it, it blows my mind. When I saw the job opening, um, I mean, I was at a place in my life where I was treading water would would be really considerate of, of where Maybe. I was. And I was looking around and I was trying to find a place of employment where I could really just have a moment of breathing room. And when I saw <laughs> the opportunity, I know, I know, we kind of laugh uh, at, at, at this point in time, but... Um, when I saw the opportunity, I said to myself, you want to know what? Actually, I know this guy. And, and for better or for worse, I actually remembered when I had initially encountered him through a youth church group that I used to attend, uh, having attended a church in, in Wyzetta. And, and once again, I mean, these are... These are these are rich people. These people live what right on Crystal Bay, like right on the lake. That's that's not a yeah. cheap that's not a cheap location. And then to be able to watch how I'm not sure if he graduated from college. I mean, whether it was necessary or whether it was pertinent or even what the degree was. He did. Well, either way, it didn't matter. But then to see somebody such as such as as S come on through and dare I say 
represent a whole different strata of the population, yet yet mimicking a very, I want to just say, low-brow mentality or just a very ignorant perspective. So I, I, I have one question for you because I, I know this from other perspectives also. This, when you started, it was prior to your name change, correct? I believe so, yes. So what was your last name when my, you applied? My last name was a priori when I applied. Okay. Did he ask you if you weren't white? Why are you asking? I, 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 now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to ask why you're asking me that. Because he asked other employees and before they started and, based and, on their name. Exactly. Ex and, and based on their, would you call it dialect or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. based on their, I mean, how that's, they talk? I mean, that's the real kicker is that when I first, when I first talked to him and it was a phone interview. Yep. And, and the very last question, hey, I got a question, little random, but you know, no offense. Are you black? And, yep. and, and exactly, exactly. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, no yeah <laughs> but i mean again it's one of those things that i mean you know let's let's send this conversation to the state secretary's office and to the attorney general and let's see what they have to say about it pretty much <laughs> from then on i mean once again it's it's just always been interesting to me to to experience and walk that line between trying to discern what it means to be a brown person of color, but having, again, experienced the depths of what is essentially white, wealthy white supremacy. And, and his ability to ask such questions while probably, you know, grossing somewhere around half a million dollars a year at least and thinking that he is morally a good person. Mm-hmm. I mean, to... Well, I mean, yeah. and another thing, I guess, okay, so... One of my really good friends got hired through Craigslist. I did not know that. <laughs> that he was getting hired. So, like, the first day he showed up, I'm like, what's up, Michael? And I'm going to use his real name because the, the boss asked him, like, so, like... Judging by your name, you're obviously black, right? And on the phone, he was like, yeah. And then he was like, so where'd you grow up? And he grew up on the north side, and he was like, all right, well, don't come to work dressed in all baggy clothes with a giant-ass T-shirt on. We can't dress like that out here. Let's not even go there, because that's just no. not our conversation. <laughs> just a little perspective on this. He, there was two other individuals that he hired that were both from St. Louis. If you want to put it in the, the, the way the boss man would put it, they were ghetto. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, you know, talking in slang and yada, yada, yada. And I think some of the funnier, not funny, but some of the, like, the more different experiences there was them having to explain slang 
to the <laughs> other white people. <laughs> and it was kind of like an education for them, but at the same time being looked down on for being that way because then it kind of turns into a science project. Like, we're curious about you, but we want to learn from you, but we're still going to look down on you. Exactly. We're going to employ you so that you can become our little Petri dish experiment. Right. And what were some of the other experiences with that, if you if you could reflect and remember? He made me work with them a lot, but I think that was also because of my background, because he didn't want to deal with it, and he knew that he was I get along with everybody. Yeah, well, and he was just likely to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... Well, and... oh, here we go, also. So, the... Um, uh, Michael character, he was getting paid less than all the other new people. Excuse me, hold on. You said who? You, you said who now? I I got a little confused. I was a little quick. So Michael was hired. Ah, he was. I would say the first, like, black, black man hired. Yeah, yeah. And he was, he started at a lower pay range than the other new people that started with the same experience. <clears throat> a classic asshole move. Yep. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, definitely when you're working, I don't even, it, it, when, when you're working, dare we say, in the trades, uh, I was a framer for a little while as well, but the language is definitely a little bit more rough and tumble. And well, yeah, everybody swears like fucking sailors. Yeah, exactly. You know, and in the same accord, I mean, it is one of those things where I mean, we could, you know, we can go out and just say, you know, I mean, we were we were grooming the landscapes for TCF's CEO, but right. you know, he was and, an ass. Ex- to see the continuity of asininity all the way from underling you know mm-hmm. who wants you know who wants to oh where there we go we went and used his name whatever um fuck it and all the way from underling to the owner who is an aspiring elite but will probably hit a glass ceiling of his own maybe maybe not just because he doesn't have the intellect to make the money, per se, of the peers that he's living around. And then to have somebody else who's transcended that glass ceiling, if you will, to be of the aristocratic elite that continues to maintain these asinine perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I, I guess that, that looking back on it, it's just a, it's definitely a fascinating experience to me. Yeah. Well, and also, on that note, a little bit of lake history is his family was new money. His parents were the first generation of people that had money in his family. How did they get that? Oh, yes, his parents. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're not going to mention any names, I will tell how. Well, absolutely, let's not mention any names. Well, shit, y'all. Looks like we're about to get into it. Say, if you're enjoying the conversation and you'd like to hear more, well, I'd really appreciate your support. I think the best way to find me online these days is over on Twitter at 
twitter.com slash cultureclap. I got a link there to a page with a couple of other links. You know how it goes, just keeps it easy that way. Patreon, Substack, Bandcamp, you know, the like. I also got a little program called F500, the first 500. You know, we've got a few spots left. Got some pretty cool deals on over there. Building some applications, get the inside view. <laughs> but I digress. Back to the conversation and let's see what the hell's going on here. Okay, well, uh, um, illegal trading on the stock market. How I mean, people obtain... Exactly. I mean, exactly. And, so that other people did not have to. Right, and that person built numerous things for the community, such as... And lives in a 25,000 square foot house. His boathouse is 3,000 square feet. I, yeah. It was built illegally, and he just pays the fine for it every year. It's like $50,000 or something like that. Yeah, you know, and, and and that's pocket change. Yeah. In order to in, in in comparison to what these people are making off of their, you know, capital gains or whatnot for their stock holdings. You know, definitely let's just touch on this because I mean it's 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 definitely an aspect of everything. Um the the sexism. And, oh man. And, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I mean on on the other side of it and and I mean definitely just really this this man was married with yeah. now multiple children. Yep. And 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 I mean he he will hire based on uh, looks on well, e- exactly based on on proximity <laughs> to whiteness and yeah. preferentially being white and then when we move over to women it it was eye candy for him yeah and, and it was eye candy for the clients too because the clients liked it and and did do you recollect any commentary from the clients to that end <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll start with my favorite ones. Uh, when are you going to send that blonde bimbo with the big tits over to clean my pool? <laughs> That's up there. <laughs> um, we laugh because we can't cry. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And these people, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's horrible, but... I, I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, so we got we got. But they, more... they say it with no second... Th- I mean, and he was also like 70 years old and wearing a Speedo, so it's horrifying, so... But, um... There's another incident where the owner slapped one of the girls on the ass more how, than once. How how and 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 what was what was the young woman's reaction and what was horrified? Okay. And so what and 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 so what was the company owner's reaction to that? Oh, he just thought it was funny, and then he just hopped in his truck and drove away. And the young woman did the young woman continue to work there? We had employees hooking up on job sites. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, was yeah. there that one MTV kid who was hooking up with that one other girl? Yeah. Oh, that was so Two cute. Times. That was so yeah, cute. Yeah, it, it was adorable. And I mean, there was one time where me, the boss, and the two girl employees went swimming in the pool. And I mean, we were both in boxers, and they were in like their... bras and booty shorts. 
Yeah, but you weren't hooking up with them, though. You no, just... but it's still inappropriate. Oh, hella inappropriate. Well, <laughs> consenting adults jumping on into a pool because the owner doesn't care? Or the owner, the owner does not there. care, but I guess it's more the, the after comments. From the other co-workers? Yeah, well, the the comments from the boss about the other co-workers. Exactly, yeah. And, and had he had the opportunity to be in your position, he would have perhaps... Yeah. and attempted. Do, do you think that he would have actually attempted to... To physically engage them. I mean, he made jokes about it, but I don't think he ever would make moves. Yeah. And I mean, it's just... But, I mean, we also went to strip clubs as a company. And it's one of those things where, I mean, yeah, it just becomes this massively gray area of... Especially when I can only imagine the comments were not... Um, uh, I can imagine the comments to have been rather descriptive. Yes. Talking in a sexist manner in the trades is more accessible <clears throat> and dare we say more accepted than talking in derogatory racist manners. To a degree, maybe. Um I, what is your perspective no, on that? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say to a degree, I would say completely. And how so? What yeah, can could you Racism is more under the table, I would say, in mm -hmm. those neighborhoods. People don't necessarily broadcast it, mm -hmm. but if you're standing there with a group of guys and a group of girls jogs by, everybody's going to be like... Oh, yeah, break you know, in eight minutes. Right. Like, they're coming back around the block in another 15, so let's go do something down by the end of the driveway so we can watch. Well, you know, but also kind of what I wanted to say is I remember that there used to be code words to be able to actually rate the women. Yeah, oh yeah. You know? Well, and also, our boss totally said that we can stay on the clock if we get to fuck a housewife. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not joking. Wow. Did that ever happen? Not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> but I mean... Just, you know, that climate and that culture is just completely accepted with no questions asked. Do you, are you aware if any of the clients were avid drug users? I mean, it depends what you define as drugs. Exactly. I know a lot of them smoked, I, I mean, a lot of them smoked weed, but I personally don't consider weed a drug. Well, but. it is one of, but, well, hold on. Weed is not a drug when a rich white person smokes it, but when a low-income black or brown person smokes it, you're goddamn straight it's a drug. Yeah. So, okay, so we're saying that marijuana use was, uh, I wouldn't say prevalent, but definitely a component of the environment. Um, and I would say... Yep. More alcoholics than anything... But that's mm -hmm. also, I believe, a generational thing because most of them were in their prime in the 50s and 60s when people really didn't use drugs like mm -hmm. that. It was more, let's go out and drink. That was what they did. And what So I think that just kind of perpetuated yep. into their society, like the societal values. And what about, what about pill use, pharmaceuticals? Uh, 
Not 100% sure about yeah. clientele on that. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the employees did, but that's just because millennials and their opiates. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I had, I had heard stories about the boss, you know, coke and mushrooms and hallucinogens and stuff like that, but never actually taking them with him. Yeah, I mean, but was that something that was on the job? The coke? No, not on the job. The, yeah. No, no, no. That was just recreationally to the side. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, what you do on your own time is is not, not simply just your own decision, but less pertinent to the conversation that we're having. But I mean, it was socially acceptable for us to drink and smoke at work. Absolutely. But I mean, again, yeah. this is also the trades. Yeah, but a lot of trades still don't let you drink at work, especially when you have to drive heavy equipment and shit. There'd be so many times where it'd be a Saturday and I'd be in a Bobcat with a beer, and then I'd be like eight beers deep. And be like, I, I'm hammered, and it's like three o'clock on a Saturday. Wee! Yeah. And it's like, I'm thankful for the experience that I learned at that job because it has taught me so much more about how to pick my work environment and where I choose to work and where I choose to put my effort in. Can you please talk a little bit more about that? Well, <clears throat> I mean, just your own personal experience, your own personal opportunity for growth, having, I mean, because once again, as you had mentioned earlier, you grew up in a much more diverse environment where as a youth, you were able to, you were able to experience non-white people in an environment yep. that was amicable and, and that allowed you to build friendships and relationships with said individuals. Then you go off and you have this experience in, in dare we say, almost... Richlandia. Exactly. And white Richlandia. And, yep. and, and now you're maybe able to reflect on that a little bit. Could you, could you do so, please? And yeah, so I mean, I grew up poor, and when you grow up poor, things are different, and then you go out to places of plenty where people just, you know, throw shit around and just throw stuff out because they don't want it. It's not broken, they just don't want it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you can have it if you want. Like, oh, cool, yeah, definitely keep this canoe or kayak you just don't want, but, and I guess... And Seeing people with plenty is like, okay, this is where all the waste in America is. And and I'm looking a little bit more towards now being able to better choose your places of employment. Yeah, what are you looking for? There. Okay, thank you. So there it was very – I guess we'll start with uh, – so when I started in 2011, I started 10 bucks an hour cash under the table. Okay. You know, I'm 19 – pretty much fresh out of high school. Maybe I was 20. Either way, whatever. But I'm making 600 bucks a week and at the end of on Friday I get 600 bucks cash. I pay like 300 bucks a month in rent and no car like car insurance and my cell phone. And that was when cell phones were like 40 bucks a month. Yeah. So, I was like, "Oh, man, I got all this extra cash. This is great." But I'm busting my hump working 12-hour days. You know, yep. working 60-hour yep. weeks. Yeah. And then I think I was there for seven years, and when I left, I was at like $27 an hour. So, I mean, a $17 raise in seven years is phenomenal yeah. in any job market. But, and especially since it was the end of the recession, but still, there was no health insurance. 
I was still getting paid partially under the table, so there's still the tax liability. And you didn't then, have year-round job security. Right. And then in the winter, he also always said, hey, I'll have work for you. We'll find work. We'll get work. We'll do trees. We'll do this. We'll work at the club, yada, yada, yada. But it never happened. So then in the middle of the winter, it'd be like, well, shit, I need to find a different job. Find something temp for the winter, which sucks. Mm -hmm. And then also, you can't claim full unemployment for your earnings because you're earning part or most of it under the table. <laughs> and, and and the employer has zero consideration for this. No, zero consideration. And one of the biggest things that was like my deciding factor on leaving was I have a family now, and I said like, hey, I need PTO because I have bills to pay. And if I can't come into work because my kid's sick or I can't come in because of this, I need to be able to use paid time off. And he basically shut it down and was like, well, what if I just give you a bonus at the end of the year? Like, I'll take the bonus, but I'm done because that's not. I'm looking at the mentality of of the ownership and 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 looking at this of you had the fortune to be able to grow up relatively new money, apparently, and yep. and you think that you are successful, you think that you work hard, but this is basically the evolution of your summer high school job, and and you've got you've got heavy equipment, you've got multiple trucks, you know. By the end of it, he you know he had a he had a small warehouse. Uh, dare we say, right. <clears throat> or workshop? Well, I mean, let's and, put it this way. Yep. When I started, there was his personal truck, a dump trailer, a bobcat, and we worked out of his house. Yep. When I left, there was five trucks, his personal truck, two bobcats. Let's see, the warehouse, which was on like two acres of land, mm -hmm. um, and all sorts of attachments for the bobcats and all sorts of other smaller equipment, chainsaws, more backpack blowers. How much of more that? I think there's five trailers. And I'm not saying that it's 100% attributed to me, but my contribution is being the only employee that stayed year after year after year. I think there was maybe two or three other employees that came back year after year after year, but they were not in the same position as me as a foreman. Being Him being able to count on me and know the properties and everything like that allowed him to put his focus on other things, allowing him to grow the business. Grow the business, being able to have somebody dependable on it, and then to throw me away, essentially, because he doesn't want to give me benefits, and the, I thought was kind of a slap <clears throat> in the face. Well, you know, and it is. It did change my attitude, and I did become more of an ass. And I do admit that fully, mm -hmm. because I was being an asshole towards the end, but he was also a gigantic asshole with anger issues. Well, it, I mean, I'd seen him throw stuff and break stuff and chew me out and chew me a new one and yell at me for 20 minutes straight, and I'll just take it and say, you know, right, I fucked up, you're right. But once again, is looking at this idea of all throughout that growth, he never actually had to formalize any of that growth. He went from having nope. two trucks and a bobcat to being able to have multiple trucks, multiple bobcats, multiple trailers, so on and so forth, and he's still paying you under the table. Yep. And 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 
also, I one other question I wanted to ask was, how many of those Bobcat attachments did he inherit? Most of them. Well, and don't, don't even get me started on all the illegal tax write-offs. We'll just not even go there. I do taxes as my other job, and we'll just say, although some of them can technically be written off, they're not really write-offs, but whatever. Are you telling me something like the apple didn't fall far from the tree? Yes. Huh. Curious how that works. Oh, and I mean, oh God, what was his name? He ran a big Ponzi scheme in Minnesota. Ooh. He's down in, he's down in uh, uh, Leavenworth in Kansas. I can't I don't know. I don't know. The big joke around was when he got arrested, everybody lost money <laughs> in the social circle. Funny. Aha. 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 And I mean, I guess criminal activity in that sense of tax evasion and stuff like that was 100%. Cash is king. If he can get paid under the table, everybody got paid cash for that day. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm making almost 30 bucks an hour and I work a 10-hour day, hell yeah, give me cash. Mm-hmm. Anything else One you more want? incident. Yeah. Please tell One me. more incident that I want to I wanna talk about. And if you don't want to go into it, that's fine. Let's jump into but it. But do you remember when you were having an angry conversation with the lady that adopted you? There, there's, 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 there, there are one of many, but I do recollect the one that you are speaking of. Yes, I do. The one that I was there, and then the cops showed up. Oh, yep. And they started yelling and getting angry. And your first reaction was lay down on the ground and spread your arms out and say, "Don't shoot me." (laughs) And my first thing to do is tell the cops that, like, just. Everybody calm down. Everything's going to be fine. He's not like a violent person. This isn't going to get bad. And the cops are looking at you like, is he a crazy person? And you're just worried about getting shot because in Whitelandia, that wouldn't even be an investigation. They would get medals and time off, and that's it. Exactly. And, and, and there, wouldn't, there would be no charges. There would be nothing. They would I, say a mentally unstable person caused a disturbance that led the police to have to shoot them. There was no body cams then. They parked their police cruisers so they weren't near us. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for us being able to continue to have these conversations because, um, I mean, it just it is such a solid conversation that is so reflective of a time that is moments before the, the climactic chaos racially, gender-wise, that our culture has been thrown on into. And, and definitely provides a microcosm of experiences to be able to maybe better understand the macrocosm of the events that we are, dare I say, seeing worldwide. Um, yes. So on that note, Mr. Garrett, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to you say... Very... Yeah. I will sign off. You're very welcome. I'm going I'm to say toodles as a shout out to my favorite podcast. So, toodles, everybody, and 
Uh, I will be on eventually again, so we will do this one more time, or many more times. We I do see. believe, I do believe. We're going to start having roundtable conversations, because my personal experience of being a brown man, having been raised in rich white landia, a fair amount of my friends are fair skin tones, and the conversations that we are able to have in reflection of our collective experiences, I think is really, it's worth the merit of of having the conversations and editing them. So... As you heard it from Garrett, toodles, everyone. So that wraps up episode two of Talk Brown Now. Thanks for joining us, y'all. And thank you to my guest, Garrett. As well, I'd like to say thank you to a dear friend of mine, the Cosmic Yak, for doing some audio doctoring to the file you just listened to. Take care, y'all. Till next time, safe travels. Thank you.